Love Talk Radio. Okay, well, here we go. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, show's So we have done this show, the July 4th show, over the last couple of years. Uh, myself in Maine and Seth in New Jersey. And once again, I am in Maine. Happy 4th of July week to everybody. Happy NBA free agency to everybody and NHL free agency to everybody. Now, what does this mean by Sean being in Maine? Well, number one, Sean has been drinking all day. So as a host of a show while drinking all day, you can imagine what kind of quotes are going to come out of tonight's show. Number two, Seth has been dealing with his kids all day. So you can imagine what kind of quotes Seth's going to have coming out of this show. They will be very different quotes. Uh, Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not. But the the point is I have already uh, introduced myself to my favorite two friends outside of Seth named uh, Don and Jack, uh, last names Julio and Daniels. And, um, so here we are, 4th of July, NBA free agency, NHL free agency. It is, look, we talk about the best week of sports. We talk being around March Madness. I think Seth and I both agree that those four days are probably the best week to watch sports. We talk about the Super Bowl. We talk about the World Series. But the June 30th slash July 1st, I think it's the most anxious two days of sports if you are a fan of the NBA or the NHL. I think anxiety-filled, and we'll get to why this really doesn't matter later in the show, because at the end of the day, this is just sports, right, guys? I mean, we're, we're talking about diversions. But at the same time, if you're an Islander fan, you're anxious whether Amari Emery Panarin is coming to the Islanders or the Rangers. If you're a Knicks fan, you're wondering whether or anxious that Kyrie Irving is coming to the Nets or coming to the Knicks. But if you're Seth Kamins, you're just happy. And it has nothing to do with Maryland. So, Seth, revel in this because I can't. No, but you're also not surprised. No, nope. you know, it, it, it boggled bit. my mind that this has seemed like such a surprise to so many people. Mike Francesa went off. I mean, um, God knows I've been Mike Francesa since I was nine, and I'm not sure he. I'm not sure I didn't know more about sports than him that at that point. But you know, he went off about the garden. That's why they should sign Stephen A. Smith. Oh wait, wait. Let's talk. Sister. Let's talk about. Hold on, but Seth, let's talk about why we're talking about this, right? I mean, I do, I do appreciate that most people that do tune into the show understand that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant did not sign with the Knicks and sign with the Nets. But that's what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Mike Francesa, a sports radio show host on WFAN, and basically what people refer to as the godfather of New York sports radio. Myself is not included. I do not enjoy listening to Mike Francesa at all. I'm not sure if Seth does. But the fact is he was talking more about why or what the Knicks failure was as opposed to the Nets. So continue on, my friend. I apologize. For this, the was actually, but this was actually before um, they announced. It, didn't, it just didn't make any sense to me. I've followed basketball for 40 37 years. You followed it for give or take the same. The Knicks have been the most inept franchise in the NBA for the last 20 years. You, you may want to throw the Charlotte Hornets in there. You may want to throw the Magic. Yeah, you, you may want to throw the Sacramento Kings. But I mean, for, by a record standpoint, it's the New York Knicks, and it's not close. They have the best thing they have going for them 
they're in New York. That's it. They have no great youth to speak of. They have the worst sports owner, well, north of Washington, D.C., I guess. Okay, but hold on a second. Hold on. Before you go there, right, let's understand that when you say the worst sports owner, these are the, this is the same owner that owns the New York Rangers that got yeah. the number one free agent in the NHL this past week and who took less money to come to, New, to the Rangers than he was being offered by either the Islanders or the Columbus Blue Jackets. So when you say worst owner in sports, I is he really the worst, the worst owner, owner in sports? State. No, but even that, is he the worst owner in sports north of D.C., or is he the worst basketball owner? Or is he the – there's got to be some differential here because if he's getting the best free agents in hockey, but you're blaming him for not getting the best free agents in basketball, there's either got to be a dichotomy going on here or some differential because there's no way um, he can be the worst owner in sports and get one free agent and not the other. Well, there's a couple ways you can look at it. Fine. If you want if you want to split hairs, he's the worst basketball owner since Donald Sterling gave up the throne several years ago. If from a hockey standpoint he has is it Glenn is Glenn Sather still there? I, I I forget. He is. He is. He is. So in the last 10 years, he, surround, he has surrounded himself with two Hall of Fame individuals to build up their respective franchises. One has had moderate success in Glenn Sather. One was an abject failure in Phil Jackson. He, for what, now, I don't know if it's because of the racial component because, you know, look, they have three African-Americans running their front office at this point. Uh, Mill, Steve Mills, Scott, per- Scott, I want to say Perry, but I could be wrong. And, and David Fieldsdale, of course, is the head coach. You think they didn't get a meeting with Kyrie or, or, or Durant, let alone an interview. You know, and, and maybe that plays a part. I don't know. But as he, he is, no one has ever really considered him as butting in on the hockey side. He's always let, he's let Glenn Sather do what he does. And I, I apologize, I don't remember the owner prior to, uh, the GM, excuse me, prior to. But in the NBA circles, he's an egomaniac who's really more, who, who took over business from his daddy. Let's call it what it is. He banned newspapers from press conferences. He has defended people that have had no business being defended and is universally disliked, I think is a fair way to put it, to the point where you've seen people wonder if there was any way that Adam Silver could have him removed. Now, there isn't. He's nothing wrong, um, but it is – he's a disaster, and nobody wants to be associated with a disaster. And my gut feeling was that Kyrie and Durant in the beginning of the year wanted to go to the next. Because I think this has been – I think this has been in play for a little while. Or when they decided to probably work to play, you know, join forces, they wanted to go to the net. And what are you realistically looking at when you see the Knicks? There's no, they haven't been relevant since anyone who anyone who plays in the NBA has really been been ever relevant in 20 years. They haven't been relevant since '99. Yeah, they had small little things with Carmelo, but they haven't been very good. They've been an abject disaster, and while the Nets have had 
certainly had their moments of this, you know, specifically in 13 and 14, and even 15 and 16, I guess. The last three and a half years, they've been able to build a culture, build a team, and build a structure, which is the envy of most teams in, in, in the NBA. Why wouldn't you want to go there? As opposed, the best thing the Knicks have is the Garden. I don't see that as a reason to play if you're going to be on a team that's going to go. If those two players went there, if you got Kyrie and Durant, you're, you, you still have no real surrounding talent. The Nets are a playoff team either way. With young talent on usable contracts. To me, it wasn't – I was surprised. I was really genuinely surprised people I didn't even – it didn't even occur to me that the Knicks really were in the running at the end. I thought it was either the Clippers or the or – the... Well, that brings us to our next point, right? And I'm not going to defend the Knicks and that they should have been in the running or shouldn't have been in the running. Look, they – they have young talent. Are they of the Nets caliber? No. Are they a playoff team? No. Will they be a playoff team in this upcoming year? I think you might sleep on them if you think no. I think they actually have a good amount of talent in what they've do? done in the free agency. I do. With what they've done in free agency, I think they do. Look, you and I talked about this earlier today, right? I think they did a good job. With given what they were, if they were not going to get Kawhi and they were not going to get Durant and they were not, look, this may be my friends Don and Jack talking, but I don't think so. They did a good job with the circumstances that were dealt them. And I think they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of mid-level talent, not not top flight talent, but mid-level talent. And I think when you look at the, what they're going to do in the next year or two, where Kyrie and I think it's Paul, the beginning Kyrie, of the sure, and it, it's it's long-awaited rebuild. And I've said this for years: is that Knicks fans would tolerate a rebuild. We would have tolerated it with Donnie Walsh. We were hoping to tolerate it with Donnie Walsh, and then. The Carmelo trade came, and which reminded me very much of the Anthony Davis trade. By the way, so two things. Number one, I absolutely believe that the Pelicans made out just as well as anybody else in this in this free agency, and they only got one guy. I think getting. I think we talked about this last week, where I said, "Look, the Pelicans would be a great." a great situation for J.J. Redick. And that's exactly where he went. And, look, I give you credit. You hit on the Julius Randle concept. A little bit more money than I thought was going to be given to him at three years and, and 60. But certainly he got his money. But J.J. Redick going to the Pelicans was a stroke of genius. David Griffin, I don't know what fairy godmother he has had over the last four months. But whatever it is, he should be paying her or feeding her or giving it to her whatever way he can to pay her back for what she has given him. Because once you start with Zion Williamson and then the trade of Anthony Davis and now J.J. Redick, Seth, that team looks like a playoff team to me, even in the West. The West is going to be fascinating this year. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. Now, I, I'm a little I, – I like what they did as well. I'm a little bit more hesitant to give them as much love as you are simply because, you know, I feel a little bit hypocritical that, like, you know, we weren't that big on Ball. We weren't that big on Ingram. Like, these are guys that we weren't huge on six months ago. And suddenly – you know, now that the trade is done, and yeah, it's you know, I I, I don't want to go too far down the track. It's, I guess where right. I want to say. We, I, I want to. Hold on a second. Hold on. Were we not big on them 
or were, you, were we not big on them as all-stars? Look, we all know what Lonzo Ball is. We do. Lonzo Ball is a pass. We, we said he is a Jason Kidd before Jason Kidd developed a jump shot. I still believe that. I said that six months ago. Jason Kidd, before he developed a jump shot, was, an all, was a borderline all-star player. But he didn't become a Hall of Famer until he developed a jump shot. I think Lonzo Ball is right there. He's that, he's that player. We have said that Brandon Ingram is a good player that has potential but has an injury problem with, with uh, the blood clots and is a 16-6 and six player. I don't think you and I have, have hid that. Do we think that that was the best? I think the concept that we stated even six months ago was that that's not the best deal out there. We thought that the Celtics would bring the best deal out there. So is this, are you getting an Anthony Davis type talent for Anthony Davis? No, but when do you ever get that type of talent when you trade an all-star? You don't. So no, of course not. I so I agree with you in the fact that we did not like Anthony, we did not like uh, Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram or Josh Hart, but I don't think we stated that we didn't like them as players. We just didn't think that that was the best deal. True. Fair enough. So okay, I just don't so want to let's put look the cart- at some Sorry. cart before the horse. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, but let's look at some of these teams and what they've done, right? And you tell me if you like these deals. So I'm going to throw some deals at you. Kemba Walker to the Celtics for max money. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think there's nothing not to like about it. As much as you're going to get of, of Kyrie Light from a player standpoint and much better from a team standpoint, I think they did. I think getting. I think they did as well as they could have by getting him. Okay, so I'm going to take the opposite point of view, and I hate the deal. Hate it. Really? I think it was. I absolutely hate it. It's not that I hate Kemba Walker at all, but their front court right now consists of Enos Kander and Robert Williams. I That's agree. It. That that and and I have gotten text messages and emails from various Boston fans that are celebrating Enos Kanter and saying, this guy can rebound, he can score, he's a, he's a force down low, didn't you see what he did in Portland, and didn't you see what he did with Oklahoma City? Yeah, I did. I saw everything he did with Portland and everything he did in Oklahoma City. He doesn't play a lick of defense. His nope. stats are hollow. He'll get you 16-6, and six, but none of that will matter because he doesn't rebound effectively, and he doesn't score when needed. The, Enos Kanter is the worst player you could have gotten for that team, in my opinion. But and I think you? next year – okay, okay. So if you have – so Al Horford is, is presumably gone, right? You're making that claim before this all happens, right? Kemba Walker, gone. You have maximum money under the cap if you're not, if you're not re-signing Terry Rozier. Now, let's even assume you do sign Terry Rozier to $20 million, which is what you traded him for. You then have $13 million to go get Julius Randle. To go get a you guy. Randall to sign for $13 million? Okay, so go the other way. I don't think Rozier deserved 20. So you get 15 and 15, and you give him four years. My point is, you could have gotten. So, Enos Kanter signed for $4 million. He signed for the, for the biannual exemption. One of the exemptions. Yeah. I think it was the biannual. You could have gotten a better player for $13 million than you got for four. I, you went to the bargain basement scraps to deal with your to deal with your front court. Enos Kanter is a backup power forward in the NBA. He's a guy that you bring off the bench for the same reason that you used to bring John Starks off the bench. You want instant offense. 
He'll give you that. But if you're the Celtics, you're looking at a starting lineup of Enos Tanner as your power forward. On what planet no, does that get you where you need to be? No, as your as your center, not as your power forward. Or as even worse, <laughs> even worse, because now you have a center that can't play defense. Okay, Seth, oh, let me go my this assumption. way. Let me go this way. The one team that was looking to get rid of salary was who? Houston, right? With Clint Capella, right? Yes. They were absolutely looking to get rid of salary. Clint Capella earned $15 million. You signed Terry Rozier for 20. You signed Clint Capella. You make the trade for Clint Capella and absorb his 15. You have $35 million, the exact same amount that you were paying Kemba Walker. And to me, you have a better team. The question is, does Houston get rid of – first of all, I don't think Houston gets rid of Capella the second Durant is out. That you mean know Durant Jimmy Butler is out. out? You mean Jimmy Butler? Butler. No. The, the West – look, they, wanted, they want to, re, to retool in the West because they are not good enough to beat Golden State. They're good enough to beat everyone else, but not good enough to beat Golden State. Hold hold on, but let's get back to let's get back to Boston, right? No, I mean, that, but you just made you, the Capella point. I don't think Houston trades right. Capella once Thompson is out okay. for the year and Durant is gone, because Houston's now the now the biggest threat in the West. Fine, so you go and get you Willie Cauley Stein. Fine, you go get Willie Cauley Stein, who's a who's a restricted free agent. And that Sacramento will not re-sign, and you go offer him eight million dollars instead of re- again re-signing, a- again signing Enos Canner. You cannot depend. The reason I don't like Kemba Walker signing is not because it's Kemba Walker. It's because you yeah, it's used up thirty-two, thirty-two million dollars in another guard, another guy that's going to handle the ball. My Lord, can there be any more people in Boston that want to handle the ball? There's only one ball. You have Jalen Brown, you have Jason Tatum, you've got Gordon Hayward, all who are point forwards. And you have Marcus well, that's Smart. That's why you're going to end you up What? You're going to, mark, you're going to trade who? You're going to end up trading Hayward. The question is, yes, I know what Hayward's contract is. Yeah. But you trade them, I don't know, to Indiana for one of their high-priced players and Sabonis, or because I don't think you're getting or Miles Turner for that because they just they just recently just signed the center, drafted the center from Georgia. I think Turner's on a twenty million dollar year a year deal, so you throw someone in with that. Pretty much, you have trade bait to get your big man. Now, I kind of like the Cauley Stein idea. He's athletic. He's a good. He, you know, he's a bit of a head case. But Stevens is. A, I think the other problem is, I don't know how much Stevens wants to deal with a guy like Holly Stein after dealing with all with all the aggravation of last year. You know, last year was the first year he had a team where there was a lot of um, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to say mutinous. Uh, uh, personalities but it was not a very calm locker room and I'm not sure how well he handled it he handled it um I think for him he I think for him to be at his best he needs to deal with kind with more kind calmer normal more more generic personalities for lack of a better term and I'm not sure Coley Stein really fits that profile I think my point being that Kemba Walker is a luxury while you could have gotten a need. And that's that's my issue with Kemba Walker. It's not that, again, Kemba Walker is Kemba Walker. I don't believe he's going to hold up very well in four years, even in the third year. Uh, He's 29 years old. He is a small... But he's not going to be the first... uh, He's not going to be the first option. He's going to have surrounding talent. So I think he'll survive quite nicely. I don't think that'll be an issue. Well, okay. I mean, defensively is a whole different story, but we, 
we can get into that in a different in a different talk. Well, so you when, got more uh, like a smart part. when it comes. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so let's move on to other teams in the East. So seventy sixers. So you lose JJ Raddick. You lose Jimmy Butler. You re-sign Tobias Harris to the maximum con- maximum contract minus eight million dollars. So 180, I believe he got. I have 188. And there's your mystery team for Al Horford. Wow. Uh, and Horford signs a four-year, hundred million, ninety million dollar contract with ten million dollars in bonuses. Ladies and gentlemen, I am spouting these numbers off the top of my head. They are rough. So if I miss by a million or a million and a half, please don't harm me. Um, we all know that I'm close. But the fact is, they subbed out an alpha dog and got in basically a beta. That's the best way I can describe it. They have decided to max out or present the maximum contract to Ben Simmons. That came down today. They re-signed Mike Scott. Again, absolutely no bench. But they are counting on their young players like Zari Smith to come through. They take away from the Embiid, Joel Embiid master, which was Al Horford, and bring him to Philadelphia. To me, this is a downswing. Unless Tobias Harris becomes the next Jimmy Butler, this is a big step down. I don't like it either. Um, you know, in the playoffs, who was your best player? It was Jimmy Butler. Now, the other thought is they were not going to rejoin Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, they supposedly offered Butler the max. He did not want to be there. Um, there's nothing you can do. And to save face, they had to offer Harris the max, or very close to it. Um, I don't particularly love it. I, you, you know that my biggest fear was Brooklyn signing Harris to the max. Harris is a good player. Harris is not the alpha dog. Al Horford, very good, nice player, kind of on the downswing of his career. I mean, not quite, but he's got to, he will be in the next year or two. I don't. People are really high on this. On high on this, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't love it. Um, I, I think Philly, I think Elton Brand was scrambling. You know, for, and this is the best he can do under these circumstances. Look, I'm a big fan Uh, I'm a big fan of getting Jason Richardson um, Which is what they got from Miami I think defensively this team is insane And height wise They're even bigger I mean Simmons is 6'10 Richardson is 6'9 Tobias Harris is 6'10 Horford is 6'10 to 7 feet And Embiid is 7'1 This is like the team that I used to bring on like Celtics versus Lakers on my computer, I would see how many long stick figures I could put on the, on, in the lineup at the same time. I used to have a whole lineup over 6'10". I used to start Eldon Campbell as my point guard just to see how many guys at 6'10 or above I could start on the same team. Rambus was my sh- shooting guard, by the way. It was an interesting mix with no ball handling and no outside shooting. I don't see anybody shooting from the outside in this, and I see every single lane clogged for this team. If they don't win games like 80 to 75, they're going to they're gonna have a problem. And yep. Ben Simmons maxing out while the right move for Philadelphia, because it's pretty much the only move for Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's move on to, uh, to the Knicks. Okay. I told you this before today when we had a conversation earlier this afternoon. And, guys, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. We do understand it's a late-night show, 930 at night on the East Coast. We really do appreciate you tuning in either on the show or podcast. So we're going to run through these. I love what the Knicks did. I really do. 
I, I understand they didn't get Durant. I, lo- I understand they didn't get Kyrie. But as I explained to Seth today, this is a team that I love today and will love what they do at the deadline, I'm hoping. Because if you're a contender at the deadline and you're looking for outside shooting on mid-level contracts, well, you're going to the Knicks. You got Reggie Bullock. If you're looking for an inside guy, you got Julius Randle on a mid-level contract. You got all these guys on mid-level contracts, $10 million to $20 million, which, yes, between you, me, and the lamppost, that's a whole lot of money. But the fact is, in the NBA, that's a mid-contract. That's, that's, the mid-level exemption is $9.6 million. So $10 million contracts, no big deal. If you want a point guard, you can get Alfred Payton for $8 million. These are not stars. These are not guys that are going to win you in June or July. But these are guys that will fill out benches. These are guys that will win you playoff games because you need an outside shooter or you need a guy down low. And I truly believe that if the, if the Knicks play their cards right, each of these picks, each of these free agency guys, are on, except for Julius Randle, are on one and ones. But the, but the one, the second one is a team option, not a player option. I think they could be very aggressive at the deadline with their rebuild. I don't disagree with you. Um, although I don't think Randle is really a tradable option. But realistically, what did you do? Yeah, you got every mid-tier guy. So you can trade at the deadline. But reality is also, who's going to really want to overpay for Bobby Portis? Who's going to, you know, the idea that it's the start of the rebuild, I completely get respect. But I think I think it's a very optimistic way to look at it. Oops. Sorry about that. For a team, I was hoping for so much more. For a team that is supposedly rebuilt, tried to rebuild how many times? Now, I agree. This is a rebuild with more realistic contracts than Tim Hardaway for four years for $72 million or Joaquin Noah. It's, but I don't see these, I don't see the great value per se, of someone wanting to trade for Wayne Ellington or Reggie Bullock. I'm not sure it's there. And the problem also is, yeah, that all these guys are going to be off their cap, can, can potentially be off the cap as of next year because they're all team options in the one and one. The problem is next year's free agent class stinks. I think the best guy you have out there is Andre Drummond. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think there's much out there. I don't think you can do the rebuild through free agency because number number one, well, let's be honest, they've tried and failed before. And number two, this isn't next year is not the year that you're going to get it. The year after that, well, you got Giannis, but let's be honest here. You haven't gotten a premier free agent ever. What makes you think that anyone's going to come out, come now? You just got beaten out by the nets for God's sakes. So to me, it, I, I understand that yeah, you're this, you're stalling a year for lack of a better term, and maybe you'll get one or two extra draft picks. But I'm not really a convinced that you're going to be able to use them correctly. Although let's be honest, Mitchell Robinson was a nice pickup last year. I think you're being overly optimistic, which may be the only thing that you can do at this point. But Look, I think when you I have think Jack- rose-colored sunglasses on. I agree. Okay, but you, when you have Reggie Bullock at $10 million, Taj Gibson at $10 million, Alfred Payton at $8 million, and Wayne Ellington at $8 million, these guys are tradable contracts, even if it's just for one year. And it's not even for one year. It's a half a year. So you're, you're absorbing $4 million into your cap in, in the point yep. of Ellington. And Ellington was actually very well coveted by a lot of these teams. So if you can get a first-rounder for him, sure. You can even get a second rounder for him, sure. 
because again, it's a player op, it's a team option. As far as the free agency for next year, you're right, it's not stellar. Andre Drummond, Gordon Hayward, if he opts out, which he probably will not, and Mike Conley and Draymond Green. Those are your guys. Do I think that they're getting Giannis? No. But we've talked about this. And the Nets are proof. You're not going to build. You don't build a rebuild through free agency. You never do. You finish with free agency, right? The Nets are finishing their rebuild. They're not starting it. Yes. And the Knicks need to start a rebuild. So unlike the Rangers, who seem to fast forward through their entire rebuild, (laughs) the Knicks need to actually start their rebuild. Okay, so let's move on. We already covered the Nets. The Nets, the, the Nets won, right? You got Kyrie. You got you got Durant. You got Garrett Templeton. Temple. Garrett Temple. Yeah, wow, I don't Templeton. quite get that. Temple. Honest, but I don't get it either. DeAndre Jordan. We talked about off the air. You're a little hesitant to him, but my point off the air, and I think you've come around to this, is if you're going to spend seventy million, who cares how you spend it as long as you get Kyrie and Durant. If Jordan comes with it, what's the difference? Okay, let's move on to some of the other teams. Golden State. Let's move on to the West. Golden State, Minnesota, right? Golden State makes a sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell to basically replace Kevin Durant, at least for next year, because there is no Clay Thompson. You have seen D'Angelo Russell probably ad nauseum at this point. I don't see the fit there more than one year when Thompson comes back, but maybe that's all they need for next year. That's my feeling is they need, even when they know they're going to take a step back, I've heard the word gap year. I also don't think they want with Draymond and with, with Stephen Curry, they want to suddenly go back to, to a lottery team either. Um, I think you keep you have D'Angelo for one year. I think and I think he becomes marvelous trade bait uh, in the summer of 2020 when Clay is back. That that backcourt this year, from a defensive standpoint, oh god. So now I like D'Angelo Russell. You know. I, I probably I've told you I probably would have kept him over Kyrie if it was just Kyrie to pay twenty million for a twenty-three-year-old two-guard who's beloved in Brooklyn versus what we don't really know what we're going to get in Kyrie. Let's be honest. Obviously, with Durant coming into the picture, it's a no, it's a it's a non it's a non-factor. But I, I don't get the fit. Minnesota would have made a lot more sense. But hey, you get the chance to get thirty million dollars. You know, thirty million more. Why? Why shouldn't you? Uh, he'll learn from Curry. He'll learn from Green, and he'll be a better player for it when he's on his fourth team in five years, in twenty twenty. Okay, so let's talk about that other team in the West Conference. Well, there are two, and they both inhabit the same city, and they're both waiting on the same player, and that's Kawhi Leonard. So the Clippers have done very little. The Lakers have done very little. Both are waiting on Kawhi. And now the Lakers have fashioned themselves into max money just for Kawhi. Is it me or am I just sickened by the fact that the Lakers are going to get Kawhi Leonard? And I really do believe at this point that they will. I do also. And, yeah, I'm kind of sickened by it. I hope because uh, along along with Kawhi comes Danny Green. No, because I don't think Danny Green is going to sign for the minimum, and that's all they got. I don't think they have anything else at this point. Do they have the mid level? I think they actually do have the mid level, because then they would be operating over the cap. So I think they do. In any event, they get Kawhi. They have their three stars. It's your belief that he's that he's going there, right? I mean, yeah. to me, it seems like it's fait accompli at this point. 
If you wanted to go back to Toronto, we would have already done it. If you wanted to go to the Clippers, well, it's still the Clippers. And now he's going alone. And I think the fact that every other free agent has signed to me means that there's no way he's going to the Clippers. Because I think if he was going to the Clippers, he'd be going with somebody. He wouldn't just be going alone. So it makes me kind of sick. Not even kind of sick. Oh, by the way, the one thing we didn't talk about with the Pelicans was that Derek Favors is also there. He got traded yesterday today. So that's another feather in their cap. Actually, a pretty big feather in their cap that he can play center on that team. But, okay, moving on. Um, Okay, so we talked about the Clippers. We can talk about the Suns and the Suns making a splash with Ricky Rubio. Look, there are certain contracts that I just don't get. There are certain players that I don't get. There are certain mixes that I don't get. And one of the very few that I really didn't get this week was Ricky Rubio going to the Suns. So he, we predicted that he would go to the Pacers, where he did not go. The Pacers made a number of deals, but one of them was not Ricky Rubio. In fact, that was my number one thought, was if I was going to pick one guy and I needed to predict one guy and where he was going to go, it was going to be Ricky Rubio. And no, he went to the Suns, where they have a gunner, that makes sense, in Devin Booker, who handles the ball quite a bit, and now they are infusing that with a guy that handles the ball all the time, does not shoot, and cannot play defense. Yes. Oh, this no, no, seems no. like this play, one's uh, going to work. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I like it, I think, a bit more than you do. Um, uh, any, I don't, anybody would like it more than I do right now. Okay. I agree that the money is too high. I don't think he's a $17 million a year player. I do think he's a pretty decent defender. I think the comparison that's been made is to Mike Conley, who's come in to replace him in Utah. He's not a Mike Conley defender. Um, Devin Booker was a point guard out of necessity. Now, if I was Phoenix, I would never have traded back. I would have taken Kobe White, and this would have been moot. But that didn't happen. So they needed a point guard. You're getting a guy, you know, when you have shooters like Booker and you want to get the ball to Aiton, someone who can run, who can run a point, who can run an offense, can run it with speed. Rubio is pretty good at that. Would I have paid $17 million? No. But am I I'm not as against this as you are? I think Phoenix has a bunch okay. of other problems. Well, that's that. certainly true. Uh, Okay, so we've talked, we, we just brought up two teams, the Pacers and the Jazz. So let's go to the Jazz first since we're staying in the West. Signing Bojan Bogdanovich to go along with Michael Conley, getting out of the tax by trading Derek Favors. I've really liked what this team has done all around. I think that, that they have done everything they need to do. They got themselves a point guard that plays excellent defense. Not not decent defense, excellent defense in Michael Conley. They got a small forward in Bojanovic who can shoot from the outside. Derek Favors was not working well with Rudy Gobert inside. In fact, their best their best lineup was without him playing the the Twin Towers. They still have Joe Ingles. And, of course, they still have Donovan uh, Donovan Mitchell, their best player. I love what the Jazz have done. And an underrated signing yesterday was getting Ed Davis, who Seth knows from his Nets. um, Love him. Exactly. Love him. Just a – he's a a Charles Oakley clone. Yeah. I mean, he just wants to bang. He just wants to bang. And that's perfect. When you're put, when you're playing right next to Rudy Gobert, I I love I, I think the Jazz, assuming that Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, and even if he even if he does go to the Lakers, I think the Jazz are the number one are the number one seed in the West. 
No, I'm not going to have that discussion yet, but I agree what they've done is sensational. The biggest issue, we saw this in their first-round loss to Houston, is they did not have enough scoring support for Donovan Mitchell. Now you have, because Rubio, again, I like Rubio a lot more than you do, but he's not a scorer. Joe Ingles is a three-point shooter, but not much more. You know, Gobert is a nice, is a very nice player, but Gobert is not going to develop his own, deliver his own shot. So what you've done is you brought in Conley, who's a consummate point guard, who can score and shoot, uh, score and pass. You have brought in Bogdanovich, who's not a bad defender and can score and develop his own shot. And you've brought in Ed Davis, who can back up Gobert. Plus, you may have Dante Exum coming back at some point, which you can't really have a huge expectation of him, but the talent is there. I, I, I'm not ready to say that they're going that they're the favorite in the West, but it's, a, it's been a very, very good offseason for Quinn Snyder, and, Quinn Snyder and the boys in Utah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that because I don't think there's another team that matches up with them. I just don't. And going down the list, and we can we can do this in the next couple of weeks, as far as where we see this after the free agency is panning out. And by the way, for those that are listening, next week we're gonna talk NHL free agency, um, and we can Woo! talk major league, and we can talk major league baseball all star game, which I believe is next week which has absolutely no relevance to me whatsoever, considering the fact that they announced their rosters at 6 p.m. on Sunday, which is the exact same time as the NBA just started free agency, because that's the way to get some attention on your Major League Baseball All-Stars. Anyway, we went from one team. We, we were just talking about two different teams, the Pacers and the Jazz. So Bojanovich goes from the Pacers to the Jazz, and how do the Pacers replenish? Well, we talked about getting T.J. Warren last week before the trade, uh, before the NBA draft, and now they sign the number one restricted free agent out there, and that's Mal- Malcolm Brogdon. So Brogdon is going to play with Oladipo and no point guard. <laughs> A $20 million contract for four years, over $80 million to sign him. They lose Bojanovic. They still have Turner. They still have Sabonis. Uh, I'm trying to figure out who's passing the ball in Indiana. Maybe you can help me out with that. Is Brogdon going to start at point guard? I would think so. Um, Because Corey Joseph is gone. They still have Aaron Holiday. (sighs) Who's Correct. I forgot about Holiday. So they signed Jeremy Lamb also. But my assumption is they're going to play Brogdon and Lamb at the guards. And then when Oladipo comes back, you move around a little. You move, you move you know, Lamb to the three. Or there's other things you can play with. It's a good team. I mean, you have now that what you're going to have to do probably – is at some point either trade Sabonis or trade Turner. Um, oh, no, they, that will happen because Sabonis is eligible for a extension this year, and Sabonis and Turner do not play well together. They do not play nice under the boards. So, yeah, one of those two is de- – It's I, in my opinion, I don't think it's probable. It's definite. It's going to happen. But they're nice pieces. So – I think they're I think they're a scary team. I think they're a good look. They were a very good defensive team prior to this. And look, before Oladipo got hurt, they were looking at a three seed this year. Yep. Yep. And they really almost got you. You lose Thad Young, you lose Bogdanovich, you bring in Brogdon, you bring in Lamb, and you draft the center from Georgia. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, 
I don't know if I'd call it a, quite a trade-off, but it's not a huge step down. And if Oladipo can come back in January, let's say, and they have time to kind of really coordinate and get really kind of get everything together, they're not a team I think I'd want to play in the playoffs. Um, okay, I like them. I think so, so we got ten more minutes. We'll 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 rummage through this real quick. The Bucks. The Bucks did a good job. They signed everybody except for Brogdon. They signed Middleton. They signed Lopez. They got the other Lopez. And then instead of signing Brogdon, they get Wesley Matthews on a minimum contract. I'm not it's sure this speaks Giannis, but they did not lose a step. In fact, to me, they gained. I think they are the top seed in the East right now. Probably. They did, like, all they not can that, do is Not that that's a far stretch because they were the top seed in the East. So it's not exactly a monumental uh, prediction on my part. I, I do acknowledge that. This is the best. They did the best they could do. They also brought in Robin Lopez. Um, yeah. This is the best they can do. And to keep, this is all about keeping me honest because you're not signing Chris Middleton to $170 million otherwise. Because Middleton is a very nice player, but he is not a max player. Or at 178, maybe he's a few million under the max, but you get my point. Um, you did what you have to do. You have a two year window with Giannis to, to win a championship. And either he's truthful and really does want to stay there, or this, or this opens up all over again. And to be honest, neither of us have any idea because he's very quiet about it. Okay, okay, we're going to get off the NBA for a little bit. We'll come back in the next couple of weeks. I wanted to briefly—we have eight minutes left—briefly touch upon that. Megan Rap Rapinoe sat the World Cup match against England today, but the U.S. still won two to one. And they face off in on Sunday. Seth, I didn't get to watch the match. I'm not sure if you did. Rapinoe is sitting. Hamstring. What's that? Hamstring. Hamstring. Okay. Going to play on Sunday? Yes? Yep. Yes. Okay. Who who are we playing on on Sunday? The winner of Holland, Sweden. Excellent. I know nobody on either one of those teams. But, okay, good. But, but they did win today. Three quarters of them. What's that? But you would sleep with three quarters of them. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't deny that at all. Okay, so seven minutes left. I'm going to go first because there's a lot to talk about in the last five minutes. First of all, happy Bobby Benia Day. For all Mets fans, but more importantly, happy Bob, happy Bruce Suter Day for all you Braves fans. And if you don't know what I'm looking at, check me out on Twitter at SULawyer2001 because Bruce Suter has a worse contract than Bobby Vanilla. So that's number one. Number two, a little bit more serious note Tyler Skaggs. Why do I know who Tyler Skaggs is? Well, I play fantasy baseball, Tyler Skaggs. Is a was a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels, or the Angels of Anaheim. Not exactly sure what the team name is. Unfortunately, he passed away yesterday at 29 years old. Look, this is what I was referring to earlier on in the show. Yeah, the drafts are important. Yeah, the free agency is important. But there's a whole lot more going on behind the scenes. Um, in sports and outside of sports that we don't necessarily get to right away. And one of them was the fact that Tyler Skaggs passed away yesterday, 29 years old. 29 years old was, Seth, that was 15 years ago for you and me. I mean, what have we accomplished in 15 years? I know what you've accomplished. I mean, you've gotten married. You have two kids. Me, I've got a couple of jobs, moved away. I mean, it's really sad 
to realize that this young man is not going to be able, is not here anymore. And there's no foul play reported, no suicide reported, just people pass away. So from somebody that has passed away to somebody that is fighting for to not pass away, um, Syracuse women's basketball star Tia Manjakahia. I always love that. One of the top basketball players in college basketball next season, an all-ACC selection, sits home, Syracuse player, breast cancer, 21 years old. Wow. Like, to think that you have to deal with that stuff at that young age. Um, She announced it yesterday on Twitter. Syracuse Nation pouring in with good thoughts and whatnot, but it is uh, a blow. And not just a blow on the court from what all people have told, uh, both on Twitter and whatnot, that she is a a fantastic student, a fantastic person, definitely somebody that's going to fight through this. But it makes you realize that while I'm staring at Twitter yesterday, waiting to see who the Islanders signed, and I'm staring at Twitter on Sunday, we need to see that Kawhi Leonard is going to X and Kevin Durant is going to Y and Kyrie Irving is going to Z. At the end of the day, none of that matters. It just doesn't. I mean, somebody asked me the other day why I do this sports radio show. Well, A, I do it with my best friend, so it gives us time to talk. Number two, it's a diversion from the rest of the world. Well, when sports and and the rest of the world come into play, it sucks. It really does. So uh, that's all I got for this week. Seth, you got you got three minutes. Head out. How the heck am I supposed to follow that up? Um, With something very nice and something that is very cheerful. Here we go. So speaking of dying. Uh, 25 years ago. <laughs> okay. Andres Escobar. You remember him? The name rings a the, bell. The, the U.S. played Columbia in World Cup 94. He scored on. He had the own goal. And okay. when he he was shot and killed. Awesome. By, they did a fifth 30 for 30 on him. Okay. So he did 25 years ago today. On other news, Nike apparently, and yeah. this is a little bit more political. I don't know if you saw this. Arizona is ordered to withdraw all financial incentive dollars to Nike because they're pulling their flag sneakers. Now. So why are they pulling their flag sneakers? Because Cap, because Kaepernick, pretty much Kaepernick has kind of uh, stepped in and said it's race, it's it's that it's a okay. Racist. So the fl- so the back of the flag sneakers had had these had the flag, the Betsy Ross flag of thirteen stars, and right. and what Colin Kaepernick has stated is that that symbol, the thirteen star flag, is used for white supremacists. And they use it as their flag, saying that this is the way it should be. So if you're going to use that flag, that is racist, and we would we would suggest that you don't use it as is racist. So Nike took that as gospel and said we're going to remove the sneakers. That's the story. You got 60 Go. seconds. Go. Well, I'm pretty sure Nike's going to be able to find other places. That will be more than happy to take on the take them on. And when Arizona's governor Doug Ducey is trying to figure out why his unemployment jumped, there you go. Um, that's quick signing. Holy Cauley Stein. I don't know if you saw the sign with Golden State. No, but that's a great signing. I love it. I agree. Love it. Okay. Okay, next week we're going to talk NBA, a little bit more of the NBA free agency. Hopefully Kawhi will have, have graced us with his decision by then. We will have NHL free agency, and we'll talk about where we stand with Major League Baseball at the All-Star break. 
For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Go see some fireworks. Have a good night. Bye.